Welcome to Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church. Thank you for joining me. Will the persecution of Christians intensify in Iran following the election of hardliner Ibrahim Raisi as the Islamic Republic's new president? The election, which was spurned by large numbers of Iranian voters, has been described as fraudulent because many reformers and moderates were barred from standing for election. So what will this victory for the hardliners mean for the already persecuted yet growing church in Iran? Well, joining me to talk about the new president in Iran and what this could mean for the followers of Jesus in that country is Dr. Hermo Shariat of Iran Alive Ministries. Dr. Shariat was born in a Muslim family in Iran, came to the United States after the Islamic Revolution of 1979, and he came to Christ while earning his PhD in computer engineering as a graduate student at the University of Southern California. After starting a church in 1987 in which many Muslims came to Christ, in 2001 he founded Iran Alive Ministries, which uses satellite television to reach millions of people in Iran and the rest of the Middle East with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hermos, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you, Greg, for allowing me to share a lot of things happening, good and bad. But uh, I always say in good times, we have opportunities to serve the Lord. And in bad times, we have even more opportunities to serve the Lord. Yeah, that's historically the way it has worked for the kingdom of God in the expanding of the church. You know, the more there's persecution, the more people are coming to Jesus, the more people coming to Jesus, the more persecution. And you're seeing that. And just before we started this interview, we were just chatting and you just got off a conference call in which you were teaching in Iran. And you were very excited because many people are coming to know Jesus. Yes, Iran has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world, and Islam is experiencing its greatest defeat in its history in Iran. So evangelism is easy. The simplest message I share on the air, we have a 24-7 satellite broadcast. We go over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes, and Iranians already are done with Islam. Open, open to anything but Islam. So when we share the gospel with them, it's no surprise so many are coming to Christ. Last year, when the pandemic started, we dedicated one month of, uh, to evangelism. Not only that we evangelize, we equipped our viewers and we encouraged them, go out and evangelize. And suddenly the number of salvations jumped 10 to 20 times higher last year. Ten, just hang on there, brother. 10 to 20 times higher? Higher than the previous 19 years. This is our 20th year. So we have wow. been on there for 20 years, and 29% of all salvations came last year. And this year, it's even more. It's even more. It's 50% uh, growth over the last year. So Iranians done with Islam. Yeah, I know that is something that you know we have heard before. You and I have talked about this, the fact that many Iranians, you know, they were promised, you know, utopia when the Islamic Revolution came 1979. Of course, that has not happened. Uh, there's a lot of poverty, uh, you know, the corruption in government. All these things are going on, and yet people are coming to know Jesus. Now, when you say people go out and share their faith, 
How did they do that? Because many of them are being watched. We have reported on many stories over the years from Iran with the voice of the martyrs, believers being arrested, uh, you know, and tortured, some cases even killed. So how do they do that? You can't have a, a church that is meeting in public, of course, it's underground. How do the believers go around and share their faith in Jesus? Yes, it is dangerous. And the government of Iran is very much alarmed because they know the fast growth of Christianity in Iran. A couple of years ago, one of our underground church leaders was arrested and they interrogated him. And when he was released, uh, uh, I asked him, what, what did they ask you? He said, you know, they wanted names. And I said, uh, my excuse was, well, I don't have any names. I, I got to come to Christ to see satellite television. How did you get your Bible? Well, the, I asked uh, Pastor Ramos and his satellite, uh, they, they sent me a Bible. So they let him go. I said, what question did they ask you? He said, they, uh, one of the questions they asked me was, how many Christians do you believe are in Iran? I said, I don't know. He said, guess, you know, you're working. I said, I don't know, maybe half a million, one million. And they, he said, they told me, we know there are over 6 million Iranian Muslim background believers in Iran. And you know it and you're, you're covering it up. 6 so, million? 6 million. The, the government, you know, interrogated oh. told one of our people. So the Christianity is growing and Iran will be the first Islamic nation that turns to Christ. It's already happening. This is not prophecy. This is, I'm reporting. I'm not <laughs> prophesying. So the, it's, it's not a surprise that the Islamic government is increasing the persecution. They seeing Christianity is going out of their control. They are afraid that they will lose control. Every one heart that turns from Islam to Christianity, they're losing the control over one heart. Because the only control they have over Iran is because they believe in Islam. They don't believe in Islamic government, but they believe in Islam. That's why many of them still, not many, 10 to 15% are still supporting the government. Now, when they come to Christ, they lose their control and the numbers are growing. So there is persecution in Iran with a new president. I expect the, the persecution increase for two reasons. Christianity will grow fast, so the fear factor of the government will grow. Number two, the new president is known for violence. His solution for anything is violence. He's killed so many people. So put those two together, you can expect the persecution increase in Iran. Yeah, that's again, that's the harsh reality that many of our brothers and sisters are going to continue to suffer and yet the gospel goes forward. What are you hearing in terms of the people in Iran? How are they feeling, you know, the underground believers, about the new president, and also, I mean, there's just going to be more of a clampdown. How are they feeling about these things? And again, there was a lot of talk about the election fact. It was fraudulent, and a lot of people didn't even want to bother voting. So what, what are you hearing, Hermos? Well, Christians in Iran, you have to understand, they're all not the same. And there are some who are fearful, and the government wa wants that uh, that way. The campaign, you know, you're talking about persecution. The strategy of the government for persecution is this. I call it the campaign of fear and isolation. They know they cannot stop Christianity from growth. They know they cannot reverse a decision of somebody who follows Christ. In the first 
few years, until 10 years ago, they were trying to do that. When um, they arrested a, a Muslim background believers, they would send a mullah to convince him or her to come back to faith. They know that it's not use. So what they do is to make sure these Muslims are isolated and fearful. So, okay, you're a Christian. Stay in your home. Don't fellowship and don't tell others. So there are some people like that in the privacy of their homes. And by the way, that's what we are helping them. We reach them in their fear, the closed doors in their homes, and we give them hope. We give them courage, and many of them go out and share the gospel. Now, but there is a growing number, maybe even majority of Iranian Muslims who come to Christ, Christ is they have this, uh, Greg, this supernatural courage, I say. Okay. They are not afraid of the government. They go out like... Let me tell you, I'm, I'm doing a certain sermon a series on Mark 16 and uh, talked about going out. He, Jesus commands to go out uh, last week. And I just told him, OK, now your assignment this week is to do this first. Go to the whole creation and tell them the good news. That was their assignment next week. And today we had a live church service a lot broadcast and so many of them they were excited oh i led so many people to christ this week one of them was saying i did six i let six people one of them was saying i led my family to christ this week wow. so <laughs> they they are going out and the people on the other side are open to the gospel so the fear factor which is the spirit of islam is fear mm -hmm. and because of prayer and with the work of god that the spirit of fear, the, the prince of Persia, we know it's there. He is being defeated. The spirit, the dark spirit of Islam is being defeated. And because of our prayers and because of God's work. But that's why we see the captives being set free. So it, it is, we should expect the uh, Christianity explode in Iran. Everything, I call it the perfect storm. Everything is bad, but it's good. So even now that you've got more of a hardline leader in there, and you talked about it again in your book as well, and we, we've got a copy of it right here, Iran's Great Awakening. This is by Dr. Hermo Shariat. Uh, you talk about the prophecy uh, in Jeremiah Elam, which uh, is basically modern-day Iran, and that God is going to set up his throne in that part of the world, which is absolutely phenomenal. But right now, Hermos, we're seeing... It's getting even worse, more hardline, more persecution. Is that playing in, do you think, in terms of what God is doing uh, prophetically, that it has to get even much worse before we're going to see a turnaround in that part of the world? Uh, yes, unfortunately, yes. Uh, Jeremiah 49, verses 34 and on, talks about hardship in Iran. Uh, uh, it's going to get worse before we get to verse 49, 38. The verses before 38 in Jeremiah 49, all very bad. So Iran is going to get even worse. But the, the promise at the end, he says, I will set my throne in Iran. And of course, he said, it, I will set my throne in Jerusalem. Not many people know he gives similar promise about Elam, which is completely inside the land of Iran. So we know the future of Iran. We know it's going to be a nation that knows Christ, loves Christ, worships Christ and obeys Christ in every segment, not just in the 
churches. I don't see the future of Iran in Jeremiah 49. I don't see uh, millions of uh, Christians gathering weekly, having nice church service, even though that's really good. Mm. But I see a transformation of Iran in every segment, in education, media, government, marketplace, in every segment, Iran is being transformed and will be transformed. So Jesus truly will rule, will be the king of that nation, not too far in the future. Well, we'll continue to be watching the news as we see the way things are going on in Iran, in Iran and not just from what we see on you know, international news uh, from there, but also from the pages of Scripture. We know that God is working. So many people are coming to know Jesus. That's exciting, even through the pandemic, you know, through all that is going on. But Hermos, the reality is that there is going to be, do you believe, more crackdowns on Christians as a result of this hardline government? Because again, they're not so much concerned about converting people back to Islam. They're more concerned about Christians getting in the way of what they want to do. And that's correct. And, and there, there are two, two things. These Christians, uh, some of them, as I said, they're bold. You tell them to mm-hmm. do something, they do it. Uh, uh, but yeah, they're simple enough to believe what the Bible says, right? <laughs> we, we, unfortunately, in the West, Canada, United States, and other places, uh, we've got so much information. We know the Bible. We know what it teaches. But maybe we don't obey it, whereas that's what we're seeing with our brothers and sisters in Iran. That's right. They, are, they haven't been educated enough to not believe it. Sometimes I, be, I see that we in the West, we have so much knowledge, but little obedience. They have a little knowledge, but much obedience. And we, we need to learn from them obedience. By the way, they, they need to learn from us the Bible. And they're asking, please teach us the Bible. Teach us the Bible. But the courage is there. And, and once they read the Bible, of course, They believe in miracles, and miracles are happening. They believe in visions and dreams. They're happening. They believe in healing. Why? Because they read the the Gospels and see Jesus healing. So nobody is there to tell them it's not for today. And so they believe it, and they receive that. Uh, There is a supernatural dimension to what's happening in Iran. And I, I believe that's a sign of God's love. Sometimes I feel Jesus saying, hey, guys, to us, he's telling us, hey, guys, what else can I do? I died for Muslims on the cross. I love them. I opened Absolutely. the nation, the heart of a nation, Iran, to the gospel through their suffering. I personally am appearing to them in visions and dreams, and I'm healing their sick. What else can I do? You do your part. Go share the gospel with them. And thank God we are doing it, and I'm thankful for the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. What a partner we are. This number some people say two three million believers that are prisoners in their homes there are a few hundred that are prisoners in jails but there are two three million prisoners in their homes and the government wants to keep them all contained all fearful all isolated they are persecuted and i'm so glad about the voice of the martyrs canada together we are going over the heads of mullahs not only we are serving them we are activating them. We are motivating them. We are making them as an army of love. They're going out now because we are teaching. I know that's a uh, basic belief and the strategy of Voice of the Martyrs in Canada to equip the persecuted to share the gospel with the persecutors. And that's what's happening in Iran. 
Yeah, it's exciting. And we so appreciate, you know, working with you, Hermos, with Iran Alive, uh, and to see what God is doing. It's, it is Book of Acts kind of Christianity. Yes, they need us in terms of helping them, you know, to be more mature in their faith, but we need them too to encourage us and not to be even fearful while we have freedom in Canada, the United States, and the Western world. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a partnership that we have, and it's a partnership that we have with churches all over the world because we want to see the kingdom of God moving forth. Now, as you mentioned, Hermos, there are a number of Christians that are imprisoned physically and then millions that are imprisoned in their homes. And, and one story that we have been following at The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian couple, 62-year-old man by the name of Homayun and his 42-year-old wife, Sarah. They were arrested by Iranian intelligence officials. And, and the reason they were arrested, and this is often the case because of their church activities, the government doesn't like that. Homayun was sentenced to two years in prison. Sarah received a sentence of eight years. And at last report, they were waiting an order to report to prison to that notorious Evan prison in Tehran. We've talked a lot about that. That was in the middle part of June. Uh, they reported as requested. Uh, then the couple were informed that they had received a 30-day reprieve. And now it is being hoped, and this is what we're praying about, is that during this reprieve that the Supreme Court will actually agree to hear their case, and, and hopefully they will not have to go to prison. Uh, and even if uh, Homayun is released, and by the way, he has Parkinson's disease, if he is released and able to go home, that would be great. Unfortunately, if Sarah is mandated to go to prison to serve out her eight-year sentence, and hopefully if that I mean, again, we, we want to pray that that doesn't take place, but uh, she's the one that gives her husband uh, the care. So this is a typical kind of story uh, where you have the government coming in and trying to intimidate the followers of Jesus, not only the ones that they're arresting, but also the other believers. They'll see what's happening. And then, you know, the, the idea would be that then they would become fearful, right? And th that's what they want. Uh, and that's why cases like theirs, they... Uh, intentionally publicize it because they want to tell everyone, look, I'll be arrested and we are not going to be letting them go that easy. And we don't care about the age. We don't care about sickness. Well, so rest of you, watch out. <laughs> yeah. And again, again, we'll continue to pray and, you know, that the Lord will intervene in these situations. Uh, and because, you know, I mean, again, this is a, a real family. Uh, when we talk about statistics and the many, many that are coming to Jesus, that is so exciting. We need to disciple them. And I guess, Hermos, the important part of discipleship is so that when, you know, couples like the one we just talked about are facing, you know, the kinds of situations they are, that they will be strong in their faith. Yes, uh, I have tons of stories about God's grace in persecution. These people who are arrested, so many of them, Jesus visited them in jail or give them a supernatural courage. Of course, Jesus says, when you're arrested, don't worry. That's what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit tells you. And they come out and they say, I said things in the court that I never thought I would say. And just the Lord gave me those words. Or many of them in, the, uh, in jail, they see we had visitation from Jesus. So there is a grace of God. We know when sin abounds, when the... Uh, problems are great, then the grace is great. And, uh, and many of them are experiencing that. Uh, one thing about uh, situations like that is that uh, I want to encourage that people, you mentioned prayer is very important because we are encountering a dark spirit, but also just publicizing what you're doing, publicizing cases. Uh, 
And if there is a letter writing campaign, those are very, very effective. I've had people in jail who come out and they tell me, he said, when our case was not known, they were abusing us. Even food was not there. Uh, torture was there. But the moment our names were in the public, the moment we started receiving mails from outside, they started being kind to us. So prayer and uh, active uh, publicizing these cases and letter writing, they're all effective. You know, I get asked that a lot after a meeting, you know, does it really make any difference, uh, you know, to write a letter? And we know that probably many letters don't get through, but I've heard that firsthand from believers in China as well. They were being abused and they're told nobody cares about them. And then all of a sudden these letters start showing up and the prison guards will say, are you people famous? I mean, what, what's going on here? And in many cases, even the prison guards and the officials, whether it's China and Iran, actually read the letters and it even gets them thinking. So God uses all these kinds of things, you know, to advance his kingdom and to, you know, to encourage his people because he loves his people. He promises never to forsake or to leave them. So, Hermos, how can we pray for Iran? If you ask the persecuted Christians, how can we pray for you? And which I have asked you, uh, they come up with this. Number one, pray that we will have courage and wisdom. And the protection is not their number one request. Yeah, of course, we need to pray for the protection. But they're just like a book of Acts, you mentioned that, you know, the situation in Iran is so similar to book of Acts. I see, you know, visions, dreams, miracles, and even the courage, the persecution is there. But the people are saying, God, give us courage so we will speak up and give us wisdom as how to. It's not a matter of should I or shouldn't I evangelize. They don't ask that question. The question is, how do I do that? And that's what wisdom is all about. You know, look at the book of Acts. There was oppression by the Roman Empire and the religious leaders were oppressing people. Exact same situation in Iran. Oppression by both political and the religious people of Iran. Abuse oppression. Just like a book of Acts, they were ready for a change. They were crying out for a savior. The same in Iran. People are crying out for a savior. And here Jesus is showing up sometimes personally. Yeah, those are amazing stories. And uh, Hermos, I love your passion. And uh, you're, or I know that there's challenges that you face because you're literally on the front lines of what God is doing. But, you know, we know that Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And it's not the church just holding back and going, you know, just trying to keep the enemy away. It's actually as the church is advancing, and that's where the enemy is really pushing back. We know that God wins in the end, but we need to be praying. So will you lead us in prayer right now for our brothers and sisters in Iran? And I'm sure there is more fear there amongst not only the Christians, but for the you know, the general society and the population there because of this hardline government. So, brother, would you lead us in prayer? Yes, I, I want to pray for us also, not just for them. Uh, persecution is growing in the West also. It, yeah. it, you can see the signs of it, and it's not going to slow down. It's going to grow. And we in the West, we need to pray for ourselves to be ready, and we can learn from them. How, how did you handle it? So let's pray for ourselves and uh, in the West and them also. Lord, I pray for us, Lord, that number one, give us a passion and compassion for your body. 
for the suffering body, for our brothers and sisters. We are one body. When one suffers, we all suffer, Lord. Make us feel their suffering and make and help us and show us how we can strengthen the, the church, underground church in those countries, especially Iran, Lord. And also I pray for ourselves, Lord. I pray that you grow us in your love and passion as the persecuted church loves you and they gladly suffer for you. Give the same to us, Lord, that we, are, we will not be afraid of paying a price for our faith, speaking up at no, with no cost, not being afraid of the cost. Lord, you ask us to not just share with the glory of Jesus, you ask us to share with the suffering of Christ. Show us in the West what that means, Lord. And thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We believe even in the West with the persecution increasing in Canada and US, you are raising us, raising your church to be strong, to a church, a remnant that will shine even more for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the Lord of the world. Your heart is to save all. Your heart is to save Muslims. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing in Islamic world, especially Iran. So I pray, Lord, Iran will be a nation that turns to you, and first Islamic nation that turns to you. Lord, I pray you use Iran to send missionaries, to be a sending nation to the Middle East and maybe, maybe even the whole world. We ask you because this is what you want to. This is your heart, Lord. You want Iran to be a Christian nation. You want Iran to be a sending nation. So we align our prayers with your will, and we thank you for answering it. Amen. Thank you, brother. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for Hermos and the passion that he has for his native country of Iran, how you brought him to the United States and drew him into relationship with Jesus and what he's seen in his church and many Muslims coming to know you and then having even that a greater passion to see a million Muslims come to Jesus through his ministry. Thank you for him, Lord. And I know that there is also a price to pay. And I just pray your protection around him. Just be with him emotionally, spiritually, and physically, Lord. Be with his family. We thank you uh, for the work, Lord, that you were doing in his in his family and in the team there to run Alive Ministries. And at Voice of the Martyrs, we just love serving with these great people that are seeing great things happen in the kingdom of God. So we continue to be with him and strengthen him and financially and all the things that they need to continue the work. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Always encouraged, brother, when I'm uh, with you. And uh, by the way, if you'd like to learn more about what is happening, uh, you know, with Iran Alive Ministries, we're going to put the uh, information the link right on the show notes here on the podcast. You can also get a hold of the Voice of the Martyrs and uh, the great book, Iran's Great Awakening. I would so recommend it. Uh, Hermosa's testimony is there, uh, what God is doing in Iran and what is going to be happening in the future. It, it is so exciting. We need to be focused on those things rather than just watching the news and feeling absolute despair. God is in control. He wants to use us. This is our time. Hermos, thank you again so much. Hey, by the way, when we did the interview for 100 Huntley Street, which I'm also a, a part of, uh, we put that on YouTube, and the last time I looked, there was like 450,000 views. And we know that many Muslims have seen your testimony, and people are going, is that really going to happen in Iran? Yes, it is. So, brother, God bless you. By the way, I will put that link as well on the show notes, uh, and, and share it with your friends. 
uh, you know, God is working in powerful ways through media. And so, and I know that Iran Alive, one of those vehicles that God is using. So again, Hermos, thank you. God bless you, brother. Thank you, Greg. You're doing a wonderful job for the Lord and his kingdom. Well, we're all in this together. And, you know, one of the things that I always say as I close the podcast off, and this certainly pertains to our brothers and sisters in Iran, those that are out evangelizing, telling people about Jesus, is the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire. <laughs>